The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Jimmy's back. Welcome in, boys. Good to see your faces, everyone uh, watching at home. Ladies, gentlemen, Celtics with a 126-107 win over the Washington Wizards. They are uh, still undefeated, um, and I think I, I heard a stat tonight. First time since the 70s that they've had back-to-back seasons starting 3-0. and So that was on the broadcast. So uh, I guess that's a good thing. Those 70 teams were uh, pretty damn good. And so far it appears this Celtics team is pretty damn good, led by the two superstars, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. It was Jalen Brown, a little, little, little uh, uh, blast from the past, Jalen Brown getting things started in the first quarter as he's known to do, but didn't fade away. Um, what did he end up with tonight? 30, 36, 36 points tonight. Um, 13 of 24 from the field, eight of 13 from three. Um, just an all around great game from him. And this is the same guy guys that we were wondering if he was going to have a role on this team, if he was going to fit in with no, this whoa, team. Whoa. Okay. A role. I think we all know he's got a role. In no, this he team. had no role. Yeah. He, he was completely uh, iced out of the team <laughs> and uh, people were wondering if he was even going to show up, but showed up in a, in a big way tonight. Reminded everybody uh, what he's capable of doing specifically on that offensive end there. And um, Bobby, we'll start with you on just um, your your thoughts uh, after this one. Oh, beatdown. This was over five minutes in. You make the first five shots there, eight of ten, uh, rolling, finding the paint. Pretty decisive with where you want to put the ball in this one. And you knew you had to go to the rim because the Wizards didn't have a center in this game. They start uh, Bilal Kulabale. Uh, who's, you know, a wing-sized player. Kuzma was effectively their five, and uh, you're off to the races with Porzingis posting up and dropping in shots around the rim, rolling early. They're finding him. Jalen's attacking the basket. Tatum did a good job getting downhill. Uh, so they were relentless in this one. And my big thought off the top, Jimmy, is, you know, you finally win this game where you outshoot the other team from three. You know, first two games, yep. you outshot pretty badly, 46% opponents against Boston coming into this one. And this one, you don't shoot great either. You know, 35%, you know, you got to cut out those bench stats because they're ugly and we'll get to that later. But yeah, I know. I think that's, I think they shot pretty well, Bobby. I mean, yeah, you know, minus they shot, that bench. they yeah. shot well and they held the opponent finally to a low shooting percentage, but I still get the feel that you're not overly reliant on the three point shot. You know, you're 50% mm-hmm. from the field as a team here. You've shot great from the field so far this season. You got Porzingis as a post presence. He only shoots two threes in this one. Derek White, you know, just takes three shots overall. And, you know, only nine out of the 21 shots for Tatum, you know, come from the three-point line. So fewer than half his shots. So that's something I've been impressed with offensively, but also just the passing poise. 32 assists in this one, another good number for them. They turn over a little bit too much, but... You know, some people in my mentions made the good point that you'd rather see them getting the ball around and trying to work that out than some stagnancy with lower turnover numbers. So I'll let that slide for now. You took care of business against what's probably the worst team in the league here, and it was good to see. Yeah. Yeah. This way? Definitely. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you added that at the end, just so we don't, you know, just so all, all our, all our uh, viewers Everybody. know. We're, we're not <laughs> – we're Relax, not everybody. here. Yeah, we're, we're not like just solely watching the Celtics. We're also seeing the team that was defending them. And man, those Wizards are a turnstile, man. Like everyone's just kind of like, and you know what? That's to the Celtics' credit. Obviously, they got out to a, a, a quick start. I love the way they established that that um, the inside outside game, right? 
off the top, you had yeah, Tatum and Brown, both, uh, you know, each of them taking this straight to the rack for two. And then they, you know, obviously established that inside presence. And then came the outside shots. You had the pick and pop between, uh, uh, what was it? No, no, the give and go, rather, between Porzingis and White. And then that frees up Porzingis for a couple of shots there. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like yep. this offense is just so explosive because they have those weapons and because everyone is so committed on defense. But let's not forget who this Washington Wizards team is, man. It was this was an ugly game in the sense of like the way that they were being defended, but it's still look seeing the Celtics shoot damn near 60% going into halftime. They just dipped over uh, or under rather 60% right before the half. I want to say Jalen missed the layup there or something like that to put them under, but yeah, a couple of quick ones, just an, just an impressive uh, first half all around. I mean, again, establishing that inside outside game, they had the weapons to do that. I mean, we knew that going in to the regular season, all five of these guys can shoot from deep, but they can still, Obviously, because of their size and because of the, the, their high IQ, I feel like you can get high percentage shots. And that's exactly what they did before opening up those clear, you know, uh, three point attempts that the Wizards just had no business. Or at least it seemed like they were just like, oh, like we're, we're already what is done wrong with Jordan Poole taking those shots so early. In this <laughs> well, yeah, but they, I mean, yeah, that doesn't help. Right. It gets the Celtics off to the races, but they couldn't cover anyone, man. Like you saw the defensive switches and like the, the Wizards just looked lost out there. But that's what you hey, if, that, if you're the Celtics, that's what you're supposed to do, man. You're supposed to embarrass a team like this, you know, and, and, and I didn't um, you know, I, I didn't expect anything different, to be honest with you. I, I just didn't know that Jalen would. Damn near go off a of thirty like that in the first half. That was that was exciting to watch. Are they ta- are they tanking already? How do you start that lineup that they put out there tonight? Man, the way Poole was pulling up, the way it looked like that's tank behavior Poole's- right there. Even though it's only a week into the Mike regular Mas- season, Mike Muscala, no one's gonna get his. That's messed up. That is tank behavior right there. If the Moose himself isn't getting minutes. Bobby, you reminded us earlier today that the last time the Celtics were in Washington, it was the infamous. No traffic, traffic tonight, I bet. <laughs> and it felt like maybe the Wizards took the wrong turn or two uh, on their way to the arena because they they were a little yeah, they, they were a little slow getting going. Yeah, this too bad I'm not in Washington. And, uh, I could have done the traffic report. <laughs> exactly. Now you would have been pissed uh, we, if you were down there, Bob. You know, <laughs> you would have been like, I came down here for this for this blowout. We have to we have to post this comment from Kyle Zanis suspiciously missing. Well, the good thing and about Johnny being out is we get the spooky fun again. Yeah, I, I made sure I put the spooky phone back, but I think John, I think Jalen was like four for four to start, and John was like, "Guys, I'm out tonight." You know, load management, so not not a surprise that John couldn't make it uh, for this one. Let's start with uh, Jalen. Nonetheless, he was awesome. Right? Yeah, you, we have to. You, we have to. You go from that first game where he's out of the mix, no shots in the fourth. We talk to him the next day, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll find my spot. Jason talked him up pretty well after that one in terms of the stuff he did outside of scoring. And then it was a slow start in that heat game, right? Some bad turnovers, misses around the rim, but he picked it up late and helped them win the game in a big way. And then in this one, they get him looks early. And this is what I love about, especially Derek White having more opportunity as a point guard is the way he can spread the ball out and get it where it needs to go. You saw Tatum away from the ball for a lot of this one. I'm going to pull up the numbers at some point in terms of the ball time through three games, but it seems pretty even. Doesn't seem like anyone's dominating the ball for large stretches, but they noticed that Brown had it early in this game, and they kept finding him. So yep. this is a this is a major step for this team early in this season. Their poise and their uh, just overall ability to get the ball where it needs to go. And I don't I don't know what we're apologizing for, but <laughs> <laughs> I put it up. Somebody said we. So, somebody said we need to apologize for Jalen. Can I pull the John? What are we apologizing for? What do we say? What do we do? 
I think they're most likely talking about our maybe some some of us criticized game one um, Jalen performance and and I think there were a lot of questions. Listen, and this is one game, and it's he great wasn't that, good in the you know, first game. Brown, yeah. I know, I know. So we, I know. So we talked it's about a, it. It's it's a and joke now he's that, playing I, that I put it up. Tyus Jones and whoever. <laughs> yes, Facts. right. Um, but in in his in his defense, he played well. I mean, he hit he hit some big shots. Not. Not big like right, and that's shots, probably but, that's probably but, led you know, with him. He was scoring from all over. We're talking about him. he was doing it from all over. You know, it was against a team that either chose not to play defense or forgot how to play, or maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> um, but this is the this is the nice reminder that you get regarding Jalen Brown, and this is the type of game that he's put up numerous times over his career. That is the reason why he got the contract that he did in the offseason. and it's the one of the reasons why the Celtics are championship contenders it's because on any given night somebody in that lineup can go for 30 plus tatum brown we saw Derek white do it we already know christoph porzingis did it so there's a lot of options and you know what we'll get into this a little bit later but they're going to need a couple guys every night to go off for 30 each because they're not going to be getting much uh, offensive production from that bench um again i don't want to overreact to one game or two games here but it just doesn't feel like there's going to be a lot of bench production offensively now there's not going to be a lot of situations where it's just the bench guys in the game unless you have a blowout situation one in one direction or the other so we'll we'll kind of you know leave the the we won't get too hung up on the total bench output tonight but point being a guy like Jalen brown getting hot early credit to the rest of the team for getting him the ball in the you know in motion in situations where he was feeling confident enough to score in that position and they took advantage of him getting hot in the first quarter. Sometimes we've seen him get hot and then disappear the rest of the game. That wasn't the case tonight. He had, I think he had three threes in the second quarter there, went into the halftime with a career high. Now, of course, that production is going to lower a little bit in the second half when they didn't play anybody in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, he could have ended up with realistically 50 points tonight if he played the whole game. I'm interested so, in, the, um, in the boost in the three-point shot too, Brown. Uh, yeah, with Brown here, and you, you you saw him over the last couple of years take a dip in that area. I thought his shot looked great in the preseason. I'm trying to take a look at what his, he did from three in those first two games, but it was the poise with which he shot the three pointer in this one. You know, three of seven in the last game, over four to open the season against the Knicks. Uh, so this is his best three point shooting game in a little while here, uh, going back to last year even. So. If that's there for him this year, it's going to make it all the more easy for him to fit in. And th- there's no apology there. There's no slander. It's the reality of his role on this team. Porzingis is going to be in a ton of the actions. Holiday's a ball handler, point guard. Derek as well. I'm pulling up Derek here. He's got four minutes a game coming into this one on the ball. So what was different tonight? What was different tonight? Why, why, why was, why was Jalen Brown's role or output so different than it was? Uh, in game one, well, he, and we only, have three, we only have three games to look at here, so I know it's a small sample size, right? But it's a, it was a combination of things. One was the defense, you know, he came up with a couple stops. I think that that gets him going. I, I think that that was the case, uh, in, in game two, right? You know, in, in uh, at TD Garden against the Miami Heat. So there's that, and then also, I just feel like the team starts feeding the hot hand after a while, right? He got he got mm-hmm. points yeah. in a hurry. And I think the offense, you know, did his best in trying to to seek out Jalen. I think when that happens, you see easier looks for him, right? Especially when you're playing a team like the Wizards, where they were sort of just like getting caught up in switches. All of a sudden, you know, you had mismatches down low. What was it? Tatum had like, 
you know, Tyrus Jones down at one point. And, and you look for those same type of opportunities for Jalen. I feel like Jalen capitalized on them. Now, again, you have to remember this isn't – you're not going to see this other team face the defense like the Wizards very often throughout the NBA, throughout this season. But you know that when when Jalen, you know, finds a, a mismatch or finds a, a, a lane that, that, he can, that he can, you know, take advantage of he's going to do that and i think the the, the, the starters do a really good job of seeking him once he once he gets going they, they do a good job of acknowledging that okay he's heating up a little bit and you can credit a lot of that to uh to drew holiday or just their offense in general i feel like it's just sort of when he's when he's hot you, you can you can see the team respond to that mm-hmm. score early this nfl season with FanDuel. you know what's america's number one sports book Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math. and I, I know that's a good deal. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. So easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gambling helpline ma.org, or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yeah, imbalance on the defense. They're overcompensating on Porzingis, and Porzingis in this one, unsurprisingly, ends up with three assists. Uh, had another right. nice skip pass for an assist from the post. He's doing a good job of drawing in extra defenders, you know, whether it's up high and taking guys off the dribble and making plays from there, usually looking to shoot. But in this game, a little bit more passing from him, and that helps too. But overall, I think part of it is Jalen getting up to the high post, Jimmy, and demanding the ball more mm-hmm. often. Like sometimes you're looking at him and he's stashed in the corner or he's out of the play, you know, in past seasons here, and there's no real opportunity for him to get the ball. And, I go back to that play on opening night. He sets a screen up top to help create the foul on Porzingis late in that game with Hartenstein in the corner. Uh, throughout this game, just freeing himself by popping out and catching and shooting open threes. So he's active. He's involved. And, you know, I've talked to him a handful of times over the past you know, couple of days here, Jimmy, and he just seems locked in and bought in, I think is the better way to say it, to this role he has here on this team, which is going to be off ball most of the time, sometimes sacrificing shots, sometimes sacrificing opportunities, but knowing it can come back around in a game like this. Uh, so he was, he responded well to that opening night game. You know, there's no other way to say it. He, he did an incredible job shaking off a slow start against Miami and finishing strong and then coming out here with one of the, frankly, better games of his career, cleaner game certainly here. Yeah, I agree. With yeah, that. look at that number. Look at that. Look at what's what. What's your favorite number in that whole stat line? If you look at it, yeah, zero turnovers. turnovers. Zero turnovers. Somebody, somebody tweeted at me. Are we going to talk about Jalen's turnovers when he doesn't make them, or only when he does make them? So, and and you know, obviously, I said that so fast. I feel like I was in class trying to be the first one to say it. Yeah, beat Bobby. <laughs> Respond to another criticism of Brown. 
the left hand finishes late against Miami. Big ones uh, too. Uh, going through multiple yep. defenders and finishing in that yep. left side for his final they, basket. They forced them left. It's true. But you know, like it doesn't have to be a you know everyone, including you know us, whatever. We're we're looking at the situation like it might be a negative for Jalen Brown. Like he might not have as big of a role in this that and the other thing. But maybe his role is just to focus more on what he does best, which is to score. Him being off the ball is a great thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, nobody nobody wants to see Jalen Brown dribbling the ball around the court and having to go from right to left and and you know trying to find his shot. Guys like Holiday, guys like White. White had eight assists tonight. Um, they know when to defer. They're veteran guys. They know when to when to find their guys. They know when to give it to the guy who's cooking. Tonight it was Brown to start, and, and Tatum ended up with what thirty three points. So I mean, you you gave it to your two beasts tonight, yeah. and I, I think that's and and, and you know Porzingis, uh, you can call it a somewhat quiet night, but he did everything that was asked of him as well. Yeah. You know, he had a great block on Pool there when Pool thought he was, uh, you know, I think Pool thought he was in the middle of an All Star game or something. Porzingis snapped him back. Pool was the guy guarding most of the time. Yeah, pool, and I mean, I think you know Kuzma had his work cut out for him tonight as well, and um, you know the Celtics obviously came into this one as as you know heavy favorites as they should have been, and they showed everybody why they were. Right. This was not a game. If you showed up, to, if you turned around in the game five minutes in, you you missed any you know missed the whole competitive part of the game because it it, it. it jumped out <clears throat> about five minutes in this game. It was it was no longer a game. The Celtics were not missing in that first quarter, and things just continued to spiral. Um, for the Wizards from that point on, and you know, what they would they go up thirty six or something? They yeah. go up thirty something. Forty one nineteen, I think, after one. And you know, the, the the final score here does not dictate just how much of a blowout that was, and that's because, and I'll put this comment up so it doesn't disappear. Thank you very much to Colin. Appreciate not to crap on this parade, but this bench, good God, if two starter injuries occur, this ship is going to sink. We can't sustain one hundred point starter games. I didn't want to get into the negative part of this one, but we might as well talk about it a little bit here. We can we can circle around to a few different things, but the bench tonight, and again, it's going to be very rare when you're going to see five bench guys in at the same time. Thank God. Right. right. Um, th this is not going to uh, be something we see often, at least not unless they're blowout situations. But you got a, you got a good look at some guys tonight, Bobby and Josue, and I, I, I can't say anybody, aside from maybe Svee, who hit a three, I can't say anyone really uh, shined. And Bobby, I'll let you start because you've been uh, you've been hyping certain guys in this bench here. Yeah, it was a bad night for all of them, pretty much, except Lamar Stevens. She made a few plays late. And Mace Kate is hurt now, which isn't great. So this would have been a good night to see him, and he ends up on the bench injured. So th this isn't a great group of players. It's mostly minimum guys. It's mostly players who came up from the G League and Luke Cornett's case and Sam Hauser certainly too. So you have one good year on the books of Sam, and you wonder how much defenses start to play him a little differently. I thought he was good in the late stages of the preseason, but so far through the regular season, it's been rough. Not much to talk about in that Knicks game. He was terrible early in the Heat game, and they had to go in a different direction. And then in this one, yeah, I think he finishes, what, 3 for 10? So we talked about there in the preseason. He's that guy. There's a lot of backup wings here. There's a lot of opportunity to go around at that position, and he doesn't have such a – stranglehold on the position that if someone else plays well, he's going to be able to hold on to it. Now, I think they're still going to trust these guys like him, Pritchard, who was 0 for 8 tonight, <clears throat> even Cornette, who, you know, hasn't played. There it yet. is. 
I mean, these are, guys, drink. These, these are guys you saw play well last year, so I do think you exercise some level of patience with them. But, again, none of them have any kind of stranglehold over their positions that uh, if they play bad for, you know, five, ten games here, they're going to have a long leash on it. And, fortunately, Jimmy, like you said, you have full health now. You have tighter lineups. But, eventually, you do want to see some of these other guys in here get opportunities in good spots. I mean, I don't really take – anything those guys on the lower end of the bench did tonight for you know with any more than a grain of salt because of the competition you would have liked to have seen some you would have liked to have seen some production i mean this is against a wizards team that doesn't have much talent on their on their end either and this would have been the perfect game to say okay maybe the celtics have something here with this guy maybe there's some something here that they could they could zone in on with with that guy but man you go down the line bobby and and joe sway please uh chime in here Hauser, 3 of 10. Pritchard, 0 of 8. Cornette didn't take a shot, but let's just assume he would have missed it if he did. He <laughs> was minus 11 in, in 11 minutes. He did uh, drop not the ideal. pass. Yep. Brissett, minus 10, and he was 0 for 4. Banton, 1 of 3, and he was a minus 17. Yeah. I mean, who, who – there's going to be – it hasn't happened yet, but we're already seeing it around the league. Load management here, load management there. Teams are not shying away from it, despite what the NBA is trying to, to do to stop it. Are the Celtics going to be able to to sit guys uh, <laughs> once in a while, or are they going to have to worry about playing five on four basketball? Yeah, I mean, look, it's interesting because uh, what was it? Drew Drew said something about you know, are you worried about production or scoring pressure coming off the bench? This guy was like, oh, on a team like this, you don't need scoring off the bench. You, you don't have to worry about that. I'm like, yeah, you, you need some scoring off the bench, though. All right, guys. I mean, you got to look. You got to find you some need, consistency. You need secondary, somewhere. right? You need some secondary scoring. You need that consistency because. You know, you're going to have starters dipping into, you know, helping the second unit and all of a sudden all those you know, minutes add up. And everything. look, you just want to be able to find some sort of trust from the second unit and guys not named Al Horford. And I think that's where the, the Housers and the Pritchers come up. I mean, these are the two guys that obviously have, you know, more experience than most of most of the uh, second unit guys that, you know, have been in the have been in this system and with the Celtics. And I, I just I'm with you, Bobby, in a game like this against the Washington Wizards. I want to see a little bit more from guys like Pritchard and in in Hauser. Look, Pritchard, Pritchard goes what? 0 for eight, 0 for six from behind the arc. Hauser goes three for ten, two for nine from three. Like, I just want to see he. I want to see if Hauser can find his offense inside the arc at any point throughout this season. Like, I, I understand that's a big part of his game, but he's got to find a way to to get going off ball, right? He's got to find a way whether it's backdoor cuts whether it's off the dribble. I mean, he's got to find a way to find his offense if the three-point shot's not falling because I'm with you, Bobby. That that spot that he has in rotation isn't a lock, you know? There's other guys that could easily take that spot, and though they don't do the same things that he does, they're finding a reason they're, or they're, they're – they're showing examples of, of why they're why they're valuable, whether it's the rebounding from, you know, Brissett, you know, which we saw Friday night, or, you know, guys like Al Horford is going to give you those rebounding, playmaking, and then some, right? Even hit a couple threes and, and score for you as well. But if Horford doesn't have it, which, which we've seen a couple of times already this season, where are those points coming from out of the second unit? Okay, you get away with that in a game like this against the Wizards, but if you're going up against a, a better team, which is like the majority of pretty much almost every other team in the NBA, you might run into some issues. You're going to need some sort of production off that bench. Um, and, and I, you know, it's only three games into the regular season, so there's still plenty of time to figure that out. But I, I got my eye on that for sure. Like, I'm trying to see how that thing irons itself out because uh, it's got to be other people that they can rely on outside of Al Horford coming off that bench. 
who's up and who's down in this bench? Who's going to end up part of this rotation? It's up for grabs to some extent. I mean, they're not going to they're not going to stick Pritchard at the very end of uh, end of the bench. But there's there you are need, roles to be won here. You need to find guys who complement the best players on the team, and that's why I've always looked at some of the guys further down the bench lineup, like Omar Stevens, who might not look good in a situation like this where you're subbing in five bench guys together and they're all just trying to fire up right. shots and show what they're made of. And he can grab the rebounds. He can hit a shot off the ball. He's not a great shooter, but he's wide open. He can knock one down as he did tonight. I, I do like the idea of giving him more opportunity, especially if O'Shea Brissett struggles to shoot. Joe Sway is right. You need some scoring here, but you don't need a ton. And obviously the starters aren't going to score 100 points a game, but they are going to be able to handle the brunt of the scoring load here, and that's how this team's going to play. So you need guys who do the little things, Jimmy, the rebounding, the defense certainly, and even some of the facilitating. Like I still like the idea of Delano Banton as a guy who can pass and defend wings. You know, the shot's not going to be there, but you don't need a ton of shots from him or a ton of minutes. This is this is what you decided to do, Jimmy. If people are pissed about the bench, they should go back and reverse the holiday trade and get your two bench rotation <laughs> players back. You're playing with a thin team full it's of fair. minimum guys, so this is what you get. You can't have everything. It's the one thing John says that I agree with. You can't have everything on a roster. <laughs> Just, one Just one, John. That's it. So, we'll you know, they're going to be patient here, Jimmy. They're going to see what they have. Hopefully Joe works with the rotation a little bit because a lot of these guys really haven't gotten a chance yet. And then close to the deadline, you see what opportunities become available. They're not going to make a big trade right now and send out a first-round pick because the bench played bad for three games. Right. I understand that. It's just I, – I, I think – yeah, I mean, listen – Overall, you you got the win tonight. It was a it was a pretty damn. Good you won win, by forty, you know, and people are bitching about the bench. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what we do here, Bobby. That's what we do here when, in Boston. All right, we find something negative to talk about, and we hammer Always it for something. half an hour. Always something. I don't think that's the focus. Listen, it's not the focus of tonight's win. I think we you know we hit it, we hit it off the top, but you can't ignore. No, you can't. It was the bad. fact that you you got six guys you know, on your team basically right now. Um, so that's, some, again, that's something that I'm sure we'll talk about many, many, many times the rest of this season. Um, but it wasn't all that bad. I mean, listen, go back to the, let's go back to the first half when this was still a game. Um, the defense, Bobby, you love to say the defense, the defense. Well, how about that full court press the coming out of the second quarter there? You know, you can get excited all you want about Porzingis putting up the shots and, scoring in the post and Tatum and Brown going for 30, 30 in this one. But how about the defensive intensity? They're putting two on the ball. Sometimes they're doing great digs. Porzingis is playing with so much flexibility in the drop. He's switching a little bit too. I still go back to that block he had on here last game. He's been awesome defensively. You're a little weak on the board sometimes on that end, but they are scrambling. They are trying hard. They are tapping the ball up, trying to get it out to someone else who's crashing. So overall, their disruptiveness on that end has been awesome. And I said it earlier, Jimmy, you turn the ball over a little bit right now, but you're forcing turnovers on the other end in turn. And I think you have forced more turnovers so far than you've committed, which is a big thing for this team that struggled so much to do that last year. And one of the biggest things Joe's talked about at practice uh, when we've you know, had, had our back and forth with him about the three-point shooting is this year they're going to ramp up the – 
emphasis on forcing turnovers because that's how you get on transition. That's how you balance out your shot totals. You know, you don't need to shoot as many threes if you're forcing turnovers and getting those open layups in transition. Uh, so that's going to be part of the adjustment for the offense this year. He talks a lot about how both sides of the ball are connected. And I love how connected they are on that end so far. You have Holiday who can guard a range of positions. You still have some of the switching on the perimeter. But Porzingis is the base of it. Has been awesome. And you're right, Jimmy. They're sprinkling in a press here, there. The zone has made it's beautiful. Spare... It's chef's kiss. Yeah, the zone has made some sparse appearances. So I don't think it's going to get super wacky like a Nick Nurse Raptors team here. But they're just going to have some different looks that they can go to. And yeah, you know, if they think they can catch a team off guard on any given possession, they might toss out any one of those uh, kind of different wrinkles they have this year. So I've been super impressed so far. And obviously, you know, I hated their defensive intensity. <clears throat> execution last year yeah man i just think drew just changes so much on that end man and and, and look I, I know a lot of people out yeah. there who, who looked at the way this team defended last year and just thought that man you know it was just the effort thing or and it was just like you know why couldn't they defend the way they did the year prior with Eme? but they just this is completely different because they have guys that I, I feel like it, it just wasn't the same i mean obviously chris Porzingis is a big part of that but i mean what drew holiday does on on, on the defensive end I, I feel like it's just very contagious and, and guys are all of a sudden you know beating their defender to the spot you know you, you see them suffocate the, the way they suffocated the wizards in that first quarter i just felt like it not only set the tone but it really got the wizards like almost second guessing themselves and all of a sudden what is it like 10 turnovers in the first half you know like that's the kind of defense that, that i think will, will makes things so much easier for a guy like Jalen, right? In the open court, whether it's in fast break opportunities or, or whether it's just getting him going in, in a sense of, uh, of of guarding the better player on the on the uh, on the other end and, and coming up, you know, with the big steals and the big plays. I think Jalen's been decent on that end so far too. I've liked his intensity. I've liked his ability to key in on one player and cut him out. Did a good job with that with Brunson on opening night. I think it was. Um, I forget who was primarily guarding in that heat game, but, you know, did a decent job there too. So he's locked in and most of these guys look like they're scrambling, look like they're playing hard on that end, which is half of it. As we always talk about Jimmy, it's just a greater attention to detail on that. And you still go back to camp of, with Tatum and Brown saying, got to get back to defense. We're going to try to be all defensive guys this year. And it follows suit down the roster. You know, they, I think pretty much everybody who, plays for this team is looking to those guys and the kind of tone they're setting in it. It wavered last year at times. And I think that's why the team in turn wavered defensively. And now they're both setting a tone on that end. And how much easier, I wish these, I'm sure these guys know it, but the defense turning to offense, it's just, it's just so simple. You play good defense, yeah. you get out in transition, you score. Like these guys are running, they, they can be running gun. They've got athletic guys on this team. They can run the floor. When they get stops, more often than not, good things happen on the offensive end right from then. And and I think we saw that. Obviously, uh, we saw that tonight. Um, and and you know you get you get a couple of good looks in transition. You see a couple go down, like Jalen Brown did tonight. And then and then you get that confidence, you get that swagger, and you start taking those three pointers with a little bit more confidence. And then all of a sudden, you're up twenty points in the first quarter. How about Tatum tonight? We didn't really talk much about him. Um, again. It feels like he's he's not. This is like one of those stat lines where you almost come to come to expect now, right? I got a quiet thirty three. As we easy. all talk about Jalen Brown, right? Yeah. 
looked easy. The shot looks good. You know, is that wrist fully healed? We've talked a little bit about Doesn't that. Doesn't seem to be forcing it as much, right? We're not seeing yeah. him take bad shots. Yeah, and I'm actually surprised to see his ball time up a see little it bit. Way. But he, he's playing off the ball more, I feel like. Yeah, getting to the corners. He hit a pair of corner threes at one point in the first half, back-to-back, uh, playing off his teammates. I think White and Porzingis hit him on those respective plays. And uh, playing around the rim, that's a big one, right? The post-ups continue to be part of his arsenal. He's averaging three and a half a game coming into this one, which was more the entire team did last year at each night. So we thought it was going to be Porzingis dominating the post for this team the way he played last year. Instead, it's been Tatum. Unfortunately, he's been able to just barrel through some decently sized defenders. You know, you got Avdia, who's given him trouble in the past. Uh, you've given uh, the Jaime Hakez guy there, you know, on the heat, big, big issues in the post. Yep. So he's knocked out some defenders. RJ Barrett did guard him decently on opening night, but the three point shots there, which you love to see so far, he's got the post game. He's confidently dribbling into that mid-range shot. And I actually do like seeing him in the corner a little bit, Jimmy. So there's just a variety to his game that doesn't allow teams to load up on him. Because I do think it can be fairly easy to take him out of the game by putting two on him sometimes and making him get off the ball. Because then he's just kind of standing around. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're still going to use him as the primary ball handler, I think, more often than not. As much as John hates that. But if you have the flexibility to get him off the ball, as they do with White here, as they do with Brown in this game, and certainly with Porzingis being able to just dump it off to him for a quick shot. He's going to be much more efficient. You're going to see the assist numbers go up in time, I think. And you're going to limit his turnovers too, which is another thing that undermines him at times. Absolutely, dude. Facts, my dog. Um, You know, Tatum's, he was a preseason MVP favorite for a reason. And he's going to figure out ways to change up his game and, and, and again, do what needs to be done to win games. But also, and I said this to, I think it was maybe John after game one, you don't want him to feel like he needs to defer too much or think about not taking the shot um, if he wants it. Because you need to have that, you still need to have that killer instinct. Right. Yes, you have six starters and you have, on it. we talked about it off the top, on any given night, it could be any one of these guys. But you still want Tatum to be the alpha. You still need to have that mentality. And to go in, to want to go into takeover mode when you need to, that doesn't mean be selfish or take ill-advised shots, but it just means have that still have that mentality that it's still your team, you're still needing to be the leader on the court at least, and you know take over when it needs to be done. Now, that was more again, it was more of a, a first half three-quarter game. It wasn't like anyone needed to be the guy down the stretch here, but. Early on in this season, it does feel like Tatum is is really comfortable with the guys he's playing with out there. Um, it just feels like um, these guys are more on the on the same page early on in this season than they could have been, and that's better than what you can say for a lot of these teams. I mean, the Bulls had a team meeting after Game One. I don't know, if you saw that one. Uh, players only. So um, you know, it's it's not too pretty uh, around the league. Uh, so. I think the Celtics are in a great position, and obviously Tatum's leading the way there. Talked about Brown. Derek White with eight assists tonight. I missed game two, Bobby. Um, But from what I hear, Derek White uh, went into beast mode. Yeah, and you won a crunch time game effectively by extending your lead in that situation, and he hit the big shots to do that. 
the ball handling from him has been great. You know, aside the preseason, Jimmy, very first game against the Sixers, he's bringing the ball up the first couple of possessions, and you're like, oh, all right, is, is that what we're going to see more from him this year? And that's basically mm-hmm. the role he's filled in a lot of different situations in these games, including crunch time, uh, leading them up in transition or into half-court situations. He has the poise to do that, and he makes good decisions. He rarely turns it over, and he also has good gravity if he needs to be the screen guy. You know, the one thing you're always looking for from this team and that they always do well, you know, Joe talks about it constantly, is finding the mismatch. And a lot of time it's going to be the guards for Tatum and Brown. So whether Tatum's screening for White or White's screening for Tatum, you're going to be able to create some mismatches in those screening opportunities here. And then, of right. course, with Porzingis, too. And then if you're getting out in transition, all the better. There's going to be a million mismatches. So that's what they're identifying. That's why they're killing teams right now. There's just mismatches everywhere. It's natural because of how many great talent talents they have on the floor here. And it's benefited Tatum often here because he's not settling against these guys. He's shooting a lot of threes still, but they're coming within the flow mm-hmm. of the offense. And then when he needs to get inside and score on the block or pull up from mid-range, he's doing that, too. So... It's flexibility here. It really is. And, you know, you mentioned the white game against Miami. This is what he's capable of. This is why I didn't want to see him go to the bench. This is why I didn't want to see him undermined here as part of this new dynamic next to Holiday. It almost feels like Holiday is doing a little bit less so White can do a little bit more here because he's still getting familiar and all the rest. So as excited as everybody was about Holiday coming in, White's been the big story in that backcourt so far. You still feel like White and Holiday are, are your starting lineup? Or I don't know if you ever felt that way, but are you okay with that? Or based on what you're seeing from the bench? You got to roll with this. Are you you got to roll with this while okay. it keeps dominating. I mean, they come into tonight right. plus 19 per 100 with that starting group. So you can't knock the numbers. In fact, someone asked Joe down in Washington tonight uh, if they were sticking with the starting lineup. And he's like, why would we change it? And it's a, it's a valid right. response to it. I and mean, that group is just dominated right now. And Horford's going to figure out where his sweet spot is off the bench. He's coming in and playing the four a little bit, which has put him into some awkward positions. And he hasn't really performed at the level you saw for much of last year. I know you were very high on him coming into this year, Jimmy. It's going to be an adjustment for him. And I didn't love the idea of bringing him off the bench for that reason. But if you're going to get this from the starting five, it's worth getting a little bit less from Horford and having him figure out that role here to make it work with that group. So as much as Joe talked about starting lineup by committee, it looks like they're going to roll these guys out here every game, doesn't it? Yeah. Nobody was yeah, buying that, I, Bobby. I don't know. I was. Yeah, I guess you were. <laughs> you were. I just took it as – I'm telling you, after after the game against the Heat, I took it as – it was interchangeable the lineup, the switches, you know what I mean? Because he just doesn't quite know what it's going to look like all season long. So I felt like, yeah, there will be nights where he might throw you a curveball with the starting five, but for the most part, I think this is it, right? I mean, I just don't think you find that continuity with your starting five if you're putting a different one out every single time. And I know the last five is what's most important, especially for Missoula, which he continues to remind us about, but – you know, setting that tone has, has played a big part. It, it, it did tonight. It certainly did, you know, Friday night against the Heat. So, I mean, and let's face it, this is the most talented five. I, I like this lineup from the beginning, especially when you're combining, you know, White and, and, and Drew Holiday in that backcourt. I just do – I just think it just sets that defensive tone that this team wants to wants to have as, as a strong part of its identity. So, I, it makes the most sense. But, like we talked about from the beginning, I mean, 
guys, Al needs help, right? He can't be the only one that's giving you solid production off the bench. And I'm not expecting a, a full five to come off that bench and, and give you production every single night, but they need at least two two or three guys that they can rely on, that Joe Mazzula can rely on on a nightly basis. So that's the challenge, right? When we were talking about potentially starting Horford, you said, oh, geez, it's going to be Cornette off the bench if that happens. And so in the other hand, it's Drew and Derek starting. That means it's going to be Pritchard off the bench quite a bit. So he's not getting it done right now. I do think there's a case that there'd be more organization and flow with one of those point guards off the bench. Uh, it looks like more often than not, you're still going to Brown and Pritchard and Hauser and Horford off the bench. And you really don't have much creation between those four guys. Like Pritchard can get his own shot off, but he doesn't really create some of the imbalance or draw extra defenders like a holiday can, like a white can with the screening and all the other stuff they do. So if you do want to create some bench balance, as it seems like a lot of people in the chat do here, that's where you do start to think about holiday coming off Jimmy. Because Horford, bless him, he's awesome. He plays his role, but he's not going to be a guy who runs offense for the second unit. He's a finisher for that group. And if he's the only starting level guy you have with the second unit, Brown's obviously not the best creator in the world. Pritchard hasn't done a good job with it. You're going to have to look at one of those point guards to fill that job for them. So I don't know. Yeah, I'll be I mean, you're not I mean, changing it yet. Yeah, it's going to happen a lot, especially in the first two, three weeks of the season. I, I just. I'm not saying that it's it's not going to happen, but I don't think Pritch is quite there yet as that secondary playmaker. You know, he's going to have to work at that. And, and I don't, you know, if there's one guy that's going to, you know, give you his, his absolute best off that bench, you know, and trying to figure that out and make that part of his game, it's Pritchard. So I'm not as concerned about that. But, yeah, you, you, right, you got to give it time. You got to give it time. Right. But you also have. You know, you have White and Holiday that you can intertwine with those guys in that second unit. But I just hope this team doesn't turn into one of those teams where it's like, oh, yeah, there's six heavy. And, like, there's, like, one or – there's, like, that other guy who comes in every now and then. But for the most part, it's seven deep. Because that was the issue that we had last season. And this and, and that year – and that team wasn't nearly as talented or not as talented as this team. So I don't understand, you know, if we're still having this conversation in April, you know, about the second unit – I'll be really surprised because the Celtics should, should be able to figure figure out a way to have, you know, that set eight man rotation with, you know, three solid, reliable guys that that Joe Mazzula, you know, has built trust with by the by the end of the season. Yeah, it's up to what you want. If you want to play tight, if you want to have that starting group that's also going to close, you, you stick with that. But if you do want to find some solutions for the second unit, obviously, I think you're going to look to some different guys off that bench first. Maybe a Banton, uh, maybe a Stevens. There's a lot of people want to see here, and then. It'd come down to shaking things up. So you're not going to do anything now at 3-0. and You're not going to shake anything up. A bad fourth quarter by the bench in this 40-point game isn't going to make you shake things up. But it has lacked a little bit overall, the production in that second unit. It's so, worth mentioning, for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, you know what's part of it, too? And they switched it up a little bit tonight. You can't go to a bench unit without Tatum and Holiday. You know, White's decent out there, staggered in. But when it's Brown and it's Horford as the primary creators for that second unit, they don't stand a chance a lot of the time. So you do have to, right. you do have to fix your substitutions a little bit to make sure you still have some of the playmaking talent on the floor with the second unit, because I think Hauser would look better playing next to Tatum. I think, uh, you know, Cornette even would look better playing next to a Tatum or a holiday. So that's part of it too. You're going a little deep into that bench in some of those second units and there's just not enough playmaking on the floor. I, you know, I, 
would compare it to a name that we watched a couple of years ago and the bench was led by Brad Wanamaker, who for all his you know, hustles and intangibles wasn't the best playmaker. That bench stalled quite a bit when he was out Bobby. there. So. Yeah. So I was more, I, of, a, uh, I was more I, of a Shane Larkin guy myself. but yeah. uh, Larkin was sick. I have to admit, I was zoning out because I was transcribing a quote that I wanted to read, Bobby, but I'm looking at the comments and there's a lot of people telling you to stop. What, what, well, what did I'm you looking, say to get everybody so mad? It's the Drew Holiday thing. It's the same thing since since preseason. Oh, did you was... say you wanted Holiday to come off the bench again? No, yeah, it's just an idea. If you want some lineup balance, <laughs> it's an idea. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say that. It's just an idea. Yeah. It's an idea. It's a very no, bad I, idea, but I it is an it, idea nonetheless. I said it already, Jimmy. You're sticking yeah. with the starting lineup you have for now. It doesn't matter if the bench stats don't look good. You're killing teams right now. So right. what's working is working. And it doesn't really matter what Sam Hauser and Pritchard and Cornette are doing. So, right you now, want everything doesn't. to be against perfect. Against the Wizards, it, yeah, against the Wizards, it doesn't. It will matter at some point. They're not going to blow out teams. And you know what's going to matter? Through three quarters. Wednesday, that Pacers bench is pretty deep and good. There you go. And and, and you're going to want to if the stars are going to work their asses off to build those leads. They're going to need to take a little bit of a break, and they're not going to want to watch it dwindle within five minutes of them sitting on the bench. So there's got to have – even if it's – listen, if you're a bench player, your priority should be defense anyways, right? Just don't blow the lead. There's got, like, like you guys said, there's, there's going to be situations where they're going to go to bench guys, but the, some, of the, some of the stars are going to have to still be in that game. Right. They're going like, to still like, be expected to score. Exactly. Like yeah. the Brissettes and the Stevens and those guys. Right. Do your job on the defensive end, get stops, and get the guys going out um, in transition and get them the ball. Uh, I want to read one quote though, from Jalen Brown tonight. Um, that was interesting because um, we've seen this happen to them in past seasons. He says, it's tough being talented. Yeah, wow, well, really tough. It's tough being talented. <laughs> Damn, that sounds terrible, man. He really said that? <laughs> yeah, let me finish. Let me finish. It's tough being talented because it invites laziness and complacency. That's going to be our enemy. Oh, sorry. My, my transcribing was horrible. That's going to be our enemy. It's going to be us versus us, our leaders on the team. That's what we have to emphasize from the top to the bottom, that we have to run through the finish line. So this is the right attitude to have. I mean, we've seen them. They did them. that tonight, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They kept their foot on the gas, and they, they really just killed the Wizards. We've seen it in past seasons. They'll go up in a game. They'll get lazy. They'll start just – Taking plays off on the defensive end, they'll just they'll just shoot the ball on the offensive end, not run plays, not work for anything. If this is actually how they um, are thinking and how, and what they believe, then it's going to be a successful year for them. If it's just talk, I guess we'll find out. But I, I actually love hearing uh, Jalen Brown say that because that needs to be their mentality because they are going to find themselves ahead more often than not this year. That's what good teams do; they get out to leads. Holding the lead is a different story, and and we we're not going to go back and relive some of those awful in-game meltdowns that we saw and lack of execution down the stretch that we saw that led to some pretty bad losses. Um, but I think this year the mental makeup has to be stronger, and it looks like it is at least to start. Again, bringing in a guy like Holiday, I know Bobby wants to banish him to the bench and and never see him play again. But bringing in a guy like Holiday, a guy who's won a championship who has played with, you know, Giannis and some of these other great players comes in with a, a, a different mindset. I think a little bit, uh, I think he's, I don't, I don't want to say, I think he might be smarter with the ball. Um, 
And I think I, I think I trust him a little bit more than I did some of these other guys that were handling the ball in previous years. I, I, I just think that he's going to be able to set the tone a little bit on the offensive and defensively that speaks for himself. I mean, the guy's just all over the place. I don't even know who he's supposed to be defending sometimes because he's just defending the guy. He's just always in the right spot at the right time, you know? Um, and so I think that's something that they miss. And, and again, that's helping guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum do what it is that they do best. When a guy like holiday is there kind of doing the dirty work, same with, same with white too. Right. And obviously the the championship is they got a lot of respect for that, but also you got to remember, like these guys were watching him play in his early years, right? Or even you know when he was two, three, four years into the league, you know that I think that's significant as well. I mean, he's a a guy who played against the the, the Pearson Garnett led Celtics, right? I mean, he's been in the league for for quite a bit. What was the, what was the quote that Tatum said when he he called him old because he played against Tracy McGrady? Like I, I love that stuff. Yeah. Man. Obviously, you know he's it, it's all in fun, but it's also that respect, right? Like this guy's been around. He's a champion. You know, it wasn't he's not that far removed from that championship. And he had a lot to do with that championship. Right. I don't think for sure. get that done. You know, obviously, Giannis is, is, is the main guy, but he, he was he was just as uh, important in, in what he did defensively. And of course, what he does on the offensive end of the floor. So, look, the Celtics right now are in a great spot. Obviously, what Jalen said is, is, is true. I mean, you have this is a good problem to have. Right. You know, this whole, you know, Drew starting, not starting this team have enough on the second unit. I mean, look, the top six. That's why they call them that, right? I don't think there's another team in the NBA that has a better top six. But if you can strengthen that second unit and create, again, that type of eight-man rotation that Missoula can rely on, that's a big thing. That's a big advantage to have for a Celtic team that's kind of watching, you know, minutes between guys like Porzingis and Al Horford, you know, I mean, Tatum and Brown. I'm not one of those guys that's like, man, you got to watch those guys' minutes, make sure that, you know – they're they're at the you right. They're gonna age. have to do that eventually. They can though. take on the extra man, right? They're at that age where they can, you know, they're they're in the prime of their career, that peak. You know, you, you want them to see them sort of rev up, you know, mid season all the way through. I don't, I have no problem with that. But it's the other guys. It's that front court. It's the bigs, right? You know, mm-hmm. one of those guys go down, you, you could have a, a big big problem. And, and obviously, that's between uh, Porzingis and, and Al Horford. I mean, th- that's that's my worry, you know. And if you have guys off the bench that you can rely on, then you don't have to bleed into those minutes, right? And you don't. Well, have you don't to right now. Worry about it down the stretch. Yeah, right now you don't. That's true. You wish you had that's... Grant, certainly. Like that would have helped. Well, you parse down you some of that. the. That would have helped parse down some of the big men minutes and. Right now, it is just Porzingis and Horford. But if O'Shea blossoms into Grant, then that's right. That that fills that void. You know, I, I think that's what we're looking for. Guys like Brissett or 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 Pritchard. Set a tough night. Yeah, right. Tonight's not a great example, but I mean, he's shown that, especially against a team like the Miami Heat. You know, like it's just it's early. It's really, really early in the season, but it's something that's worth discussing because you know you you're wondering who's going to be those guys. All right, Bobby. You mentioned the Pacers earlier. Our By good the friend way, Aaron, Aaron Neesmith. Neesmith back tonight. You can't what? You can't play Porzingis thirty-eight minutes a night like they were doing on opening night either. So no, no. Nice to have a no. game like this where you can sit him down. And it was the foul trouble the other night, but we'll see how they manage that. Ten points in the yeah. first quarter, right? What, what, this what is you, my kind of of twenty-three of, minutes. Uh, Perfect. Load management is this is my type of load management is a is a thirty-point lead and then you rest your starters that. That's how load management used to be back in the old days, guys. Not now with these how, kids now. They that's don't, how they don't dynasties work, you know? used to do it, right, Jimmy? Like yeah. the dynasty, those old, those Lakers. Yeah, I mean, you, and... earn, 
you earned your you earned your load management by right. dominating it, uh, you know, in that game. But Bobby, you mentioned what is going on here? Did I do that? <laughs> yeah, I think you did. You just I didn't. <laughs> oh, now it's back. <laughs> you Bobby mentioned the Pacers. Up. Our guy Ahmed put the uh, lower third up for you. Pacers are 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 they in town Wednesday? Yep. Okay, it's a home game. Good friend Aaron Neesmith, fresh off a new deal. What did he get? Three years, thirty million or something. Three years, thirty-three or something like that. Yep. Oh yeah. Twenty-six points. This is um his last game. Twenty-six points. Ten of sixteen from the field. Five of nine from three. Nine rebounds. Probably ran around like a madman for the entire game. Tripped over himself and bumped into a bunch of people. But the production Correct. is there now. This is what the Celtics never really. I think gave him an opportunity to do here in Boston, and that's why he ended up in Indiana. But what are you seeing? What are you guys seeing from our, our old friend Aaron? And uh, are you happy for him? No, you're definitely Man. happy for him. But yeah, he's jacked. He's put on a lot of weight. He's got a great frame on him now, and that's allowed him to play the four, which I think it's probably a little bit easier to defend some slower guys at that spot. And Just when the Celtics need a four, huh? And shoot three. Yeah. Yeah, guys at that four position aren't going to be out on you as much. They're going to be helping on the interior more, you know, a little bit, the boards, all that. So I think that frees them up a little bit out there. They have a great playmaker, obviously, at the point of attack and Tyrese Halliburton, who's setting up everybody out there. Now, still some inconsistency. I think he had five points tonight, I want to say. Uh, so right back down there, as he's coming off the bench for them. There's a lot of guys in front of him competing for his spot. So he's got to stay on top of his production to keep playing here in Indiana. They got Obi Toppin. Uh, they got uh, Jarris Walker out of the draft to play the four position. So it's not as wide open of a spot as it was from last year when he was pretty much playing every minute of every game at the four for them because they had nobody else. Right. Now there's a lot more competition at that spot. They really aren't in a place where they're going to just live with the ups and downs because I think they're actually trying to win this year. And you got a ton of talent on this team you're just going to be blown away on wednesday by buddy heel coming into the game and uh just bruce brown who had 24 points in the opener for them this year so they have offense everywhere they scored 143 points against this wizards team that you only managed 126 against here so <laughs> they they're off to a great offensive start and they're going to be tough to defend for the celtics right because it's just shooters and Ball handlers everywhere. Porzingis is going to be spread out a little bit by them. So I'm interested to see how he responds. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I mean, right now, I, I just feel like Aaron is just the beneficiary of just, you know, being in a great system. And obviously, the effort and the hustle. I mean, you you have to put yourself in that position to, to, to do this. And, and I felt like when we were hearing all the rave reviews from Indiana last season, we knew he was sort of on that path. Uh, it's just consistency, right? I guess that's what we're looking for, uh, especially, well, Pacers fans, I should say, um, which has been uh, not an ongoing issue for them because I feel like they, they know he's still young. He's still trying to find his way. But if he can piece together a much more consistent season compared to last, man, he's going to certainly make a, make the most out of that contract already. You know, this is this is obviously an encouraging start, but you wonder what he's going to look like at TD Garden uh, in front of this crowd, man. I, I'm, I'm interested to see if uh, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to guess he's going he's to have a better night than uh, than uh, Gallinari did tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> no Gallinari mentioned tonight. Odds weren't great at that. No. I'm I, I guess you have to wait for the next time is the next X on his calendar for the, the Celtics. Ahmed says he's got five points tonight. So uh, Two blocks, though. Two blocks. You talk about consistency. I mean, that was something that he he didn't give the Celtics, but the Celtics didn't give him. 
And that's the knock on, I think, if you want to knock the Celtics over the last handful of years, they haven't developed anybody. They they gave oh, up you on know what? Neesmith. They gave up on Romeo. Um, you know, they got rid of Rob. Rob, I think, probably what maybe was his own worst enemy here. Um, but, you know, they re-signed Pritchard here. We'll see what happens there. But guy like point. Neesmith, a guy like Neesmith is exactly what you're looking for to give you that bench production right now. Now, we all loved the trade when it happened, right? Or at least I think a lot of us did. You know, you got a guy. Everyone did. Uh, yeah, you got Brogdon in, an established player in the league, and he ended up being sixth man of the year. Came up, you know, the Celtics came up short in the end, but it wasn't like that trade, you know, backfired on you. But now you've got a guy in Neesmith who seems to be like, the, seems like he just, uh, the Pacers have a pretty good bargain uh, with the deal they signed, assuming that he can continue on this trajectory. This is how it goes. Some guys are good for some teams and they're not good for others. And he was, but the Celtics need to give him an opportunity to be good, which he did. He never got when he was playing. Yeah. They never played. And when he did play, it was sparingly. Time for that, DNP. Jimmy. All right. He needed he to either pop 12 minutes or, off the bench. Or they were going to keep two games. Right. Yeah. They didn't have time for that. Consistent minutes. Right. I mean, but why Indiana not? Had- Indiana has a lot more time because they were trying to get back or get to the finals at that point, right? I just think that they, they didn't have but great, great teams can still develop players. It happens all the time. Otherwise, you end up in a situation where you're in now, where you have no freaking bench because you know you didn't develop guys. You you really like where you're at now, right? You do, well, just, but you do, but you you do obviously. But it, it, I just it's feel like you have a different way. I just feel like the Celtics had players that they were like, okay, we're gonna put more invest, we're gonna invest more in, in, in a Grant than a than an Aaron because they saw way more potential. You know, I just feel like Aaron was was still very raw. You know, when he left the Celtics, it wasn't like he had made a significant stride. I mean, outside of a couple of you know uh, standout performances, there was nothing like this, right? Nothing that we saw what we're seeing now with, with Indiana. So yeah, I mean, look, the Celtics were sort of in that competitive championship window, so to speak, right? Trying to you know, get to the finals and, and yeah, right. they a lot of patience with him. So I, I just felt like it was just a tough, it was a bad timing thing for him. Yeah, it was timing. Yeah. I think and, in you retrospect, know, he's doing his thing. You look at that 2021 year that went off the rails and that was probably the time to do it. His rookie year, Langford's second year, uh, third, I think actually. So that was a time where you probably could have dumped more minutes in their direction, especially mm-hmm. when it was the Tices of the world and Ojales and, Whoever else, even oh, yeah, Ojale was getting more blank, I mean, even Grant didn't even play much that year, and he probably could have used some run ahead of what was his breakout year in 2022. So, you know, when John gets upset about that, I think that's the year you look at 2022. You bring in White, you bring in some other guys, and he gets put on the back burner. And certainly Langford, I think at this point, probably just wasn't worth he was just not good yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah, i mean it's great to see neesmith working out here but you're gonna see it like you look at a guy like jd davison way down this roster i think he's a talented guy who just will never have the opportunity here and maybe he develops behind the scenes and then goes somewhere else and does great and you're gonna be like what the hell they didn't keep jd davison it just happens that way like yeah you, you get the benefit of other teams developing guys earlier in their career and then them getting opportunity with you. I mean, you see it with Lamar Stevens now, like he might get his chance here after coming up through Cleveland system and guys just bounce around based on opportunities and contracts or whatever it might be. So you were never going to give Neesmith 33 million. Certainly 
you're probably going to take him to restricted free agency and he would have just been stashed on this bench in some way. And you yeah, wouldn't sure. have gotten the, you wouldn't have gotten Brogdon out of it. And then Brogdon became holiday, obviously. So I don't think there's much regret here. It's good to see him performing. Well, I think he, he was a memorable guy. I think we'll always look at him and say like, Oh, he had those flashes <laughs> in Boston, but he just yeah. couldn't put it all together here. Right. And sometimes when you're on a great team early in your career, you have to figure out how to make the most of eight to 10 minutes. And he tried, right? He ran around like crazy on the board. Yeah, he, he tried a little too house. hard, I think. But he just, yeah, the shot wasn't there. And you do need time and consistency for your shot. You do. Um, let's transition back to Celtics a little bit more related. Bobby, you wanted to talk or mention this at least. In-season tournament court. NBA yeah. announced NBA announced that every every uh, team has going to have their a special court for these in season tournament games, and here is the design for Boston's court. Thoughts? I kind of like it. it. You love it? Yeah. Too much green. What's with a all the green? What's with all the color on these courts? And they, I, people have probably seen all the other ones, just loaded with color. <laughs> yeah that's true the other ones are crazy too but you don't like this one i like it i think it's something different you know with the green it's different you know you're gonna have to see it in person right i think it's gonna be hard to judge off this but i don't know like the one thing i like about the celtics court is it's mostly the parquet and then it's that yeah. little flash yeah. of green like maybe, you need more maybe... of like a neutral color it should be the maybe. opposite right it should be that tone in the middle for most of it and then it should be the maybe green dash on the middle. I do love the trophy though. That's awesome. The trophy's sweet. They got the yeah, six trophy there. and the, the two. Yeah. Um, I think Bobby, like your idea is not horrible, but what I'm thinking is that just wouldn't look wouldn't look different enough. If you look down the line of all the all the yeah, all the courts have just like a wild color scheme to them. I I it's gonna look it's gonna look strange on TV. Oh, it's gonna look sure. really strange. That's true. So I, I, do saw, I saw the Bulls one in the stadium. They had a picture of theirs in the stadium, and theirs is obviously all red. It, it does kind of catch your eye. Like, I think especially if the fans are all wearing green and it's a mostly green core, it's going to be an overwhelming visual, I think, which uh, will well, be pretty cool. But How do you mention it? It is kind of buck green, huh? It yeah, is buck always, green. I mean, again, we got to see what it what looks the like. Hell? In yeah, it's not even like the green green. And here's a question that you guys brought up. Is it going to be parquet? Yeah, that's what I want to know. A lot of people wondering on a uh, on uh, It better be. No other media. floor, no other floor should enter the garden as far as well, I'm No concerned. one said anything about it. I mean, maybe they're just assuming, but This needs to be parquet design. Yeah, someone explain to Nick that this is temporary. He's, or he's no like, deal. He's, he's losing his you know what right Oops, now. What do I do here? He goes, "Wait, is that. this forever?" <laughs> is this forever? Yes. Nick's yeah. going to have a conniption. Yeah, they're getting rid of uh they're getting rid of Lucky, Nick. Lucky's gone. This is a lot for two games, right? <laughs> oh wait, go back. This is like go if you back. woke up out of <laughs> Go back to what? The, the design uh, court. I was trying this to figure out like a way to show you, the court and also show us. You traveled into the future. This is like what it would look like, I guess. I didn't really even uh, notice the new logo at center court, too. That's so what is that? Just Boston, right? Yeah, it's just Boston, I guess. Lucky's not going to like that. <laughs> yeah, they could have put like a shamrock or like a, like a lucky. It's not yeah, a like great a... look, no, at the, that logo. But somebody, somebody like from. Even Red's, even Red's signature should be in white. Why is it? 
You know what's the I'm, problem? I just you know like what? I'm like out on this court now. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you guys got me convinced now. They I just had like... some like some like sales guy like design this that out in Florida. Like this guy know anything about Boston? Like, <laughs> like, where's I'm the character? Where's the history? Where's the character around this court, man? NBA. So I think the thinking, the thinking is Jimmy that they want it to be an overwhelming visual to show that it's it's a backdrop now that it's the oh, yeah. tournament nice. yeah, otherwise no one's gonna be able to tell no one's yeah, gonna, be able it's to just gonna be a normal game so next friday this is gonna be the court against the nets it's gonna be one of the group play games for the in-season tournament and they better win so i can go to las vegas Ooh, that's what's on the line huh yep las vegas bobby love that that's that's the prize but otherwise, oh. it's just it's just money for the players. I mean, the thing is, Jimmy, I see a lot of people complaining. You're going to bring Ahmed with you, though. I see a lot of people no, complaining about the tournament. <laughs> what's that? A lot of people complain about the tournament, but what's the downside here? It's just baked into the season. Maybe you don't like the court for two games, or there's 80 other ones. So, <laughs> like, it's just an attempt to make a couple regular season nights feel a little bit more buzzworthy. So Here, here's I'm the all thing. for it. It can only grow over time. Obviously, everyone's as low as you can get on it right now. But I think it's going to be kind of fun. I don't love the jerseys, though. The jerseys suck. I don't know what <laughs> I don't really. The, the thing to me is, like, I don't think there's really enough at stake for me to be interested or for, like, a lot of fans well, to be interested. what's on stake in any other regular season game? Well, that's the thing. But then it's just another regular season game. I'm right. not going to get super hyped up for it so that just because – what the winning team each player gets a million bucks is that it half half a million bucks it's like okay great i'm ha like good for them but like right. what does it mean it doesn't increase the playoff I chance think, it doesn't i think it, you need if a it was like an automatic playoff bid which would be ridiculous but i'm saying if it was something like oh outrageous. yeah yeah yeah. i agree with that but you can't i feel like if you're gonna that. go outrageous i feel like but it like, should be like a first round oh, pick. it should be a future like, first like congrats to the team that everyone gets $500,000 more than they already make. Like, I don't think a lot of like casual NBA fans aren't, aren't going to really get fired up for that. It's to me. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's still a regular season game. So at baseline, it matters just as much as the other ones, but I just don't know if there's enough added onto it to really get people fired up for it. They're trying to make it interesting. They got the courts, you know, the jerseys, maybe there'll be something else that they try to throw out there to keep people interested. But I don't think that the, the overall like prize isn't really enough to get people fired up. So I think there's three ways that it can end up meaning something. Obviously, number one would be your idea, which you'd have to do down the line. I do like the idea of an automatic birth, even if it's just a play-in birth for a team that wins it. Give those play-in birth. That'd be cool. Stink, you know, give those stinky teams something to play for here early in the season. But what do you do if you're if you're a team that's already going to make the playoffs? Why the f do you care about a play-in birth? No, it won't. It won't mean a ton. But if you're a team like Boston, who's going to play the Bulls, Nets, Ra uh, Raptors, and Bull uh, Magic here, you should beat all four of those teams. You should be in Vegas. And then if you make the championship, you get an extra game against maybe a West team. Like One of my things I hate about the regular season is you only play West teams twice a year. Yeah. So let's say it's Nuggets Celtics in the championship for this. Could be a little bit of a finals preview. At least it's an extra game between two of the best teams in the league, even Celtics-Lakers. So, listen, you're going to have to like the product, I think, anyway, to get into this. And there's not really going to be a major boost in enthusiasm, but it's a wrinkle in the season. You got this court. 
you got the jerseys, you got a tournament in Vegas in the middle of the year for the teams that make it through. And every Friday, you're going to have a game that theoretically means a little bit more. So, again, I don't see any downside here. What, what's going to be the worst-case scenario for this, that it's just the same as what we already have? Yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, there's no, like, you know, downside in the sense of it changes, it, it drastically changes. Well, they're trying to make it more interesting, but I just don't know if they succeeded in what making it What if they make it, like, the all. tiniest bit more interesting? This is it. I think this is it. That, yeah, yeah, they they did. <laughs> they, they did. If that was the goal, then they yeah. may have succeeded. And we'll they never know like, how interesting it is until we we see everything you know unfold. We see the championship, and they're like, oh, okay, and then we can judge it. But yeah, from the outside, you know, you're gonna need more space guess, in the future. Jimmy. You know what it does? It probably eliminates like there's not gonna be load management on those games, right? Because now there's extra money on the line for the players and their teammates, right? So if they can play, they will play. So maybe you eliminate some of those load management games that you might have otherwise had. So I guess that maybe that's a good way to go about it, but I don't think that was the point of it. Um, that could just be a secondary benefit of, of having it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, we'll see next Friday. A bunch of time trashing it, game. Next Friday. Anything else from game. this game, fellas? No, I'm excited for Wednesday. This should be a good game. Um, another good test for them against a different kind of team than what they've seen so far here. This this game is just as easy as it gets. And credit to them for storming to the lead and then maintaining it throughout. Um, but this is going to be the worst team in the NBA in Washington, it looks like, which stinks because I love D.C. and CLNS is never going to send me again, Jimmy. <laughs> no, we ain't going there. Yeah, you're not going to be going there for, for a little bit. <laughs> No, you got some friends there. They could, they could, they could uh, put you up for a night, though, Bobby. We'll give you, we'll get you a press pass next time. We'll do that next time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get you a press. I hop in the train. Amtrak's expensive, though. Isn't it interesting it's though? Cheap. This is the impact of the lottery. If the ball bounced a different way and they get one Binyama, the whole basketball world's eyes are on washington and instead you're get, in washington tonight know, right? yeah instead they get Bilal kulabale who is his teammate out there in france and he looks solid that guy Bilal tonight yeah you know a couple nice yeah couple yeah nice i don't want to throw the name around lightly but it does remind you a little bit of like a Giannis type guy early in his career he's just skinny and, oh, raw boy. and running around trying to do whatever um but no it's 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 just a flyer on a guy who's a great athlete out there uh, from france and Good defender, not much offense to his game. They've had a bad run of picks there in Washington. It's different front office now. Uh, so hopefully it goes better than some of their recent ones have. But uh, they don't have much, clearly. They're starting to rock bottom now. And how bad is it that they're tanking this year instead of last year when when Binyama was on the line? I know. <laughs> That's really tough. They're beating the Celtics oh. late in the season. What do, uh, what do you guys think of Wimbiyama so far? He looks good, man. He's fun to watch. Looks good. He's he's not. He's a rookie. People were expect. I think some people were expecting him to like dominate right. right off the bat. But he's still. He's you got. He's appointment television. I mean, I watched him at the free throw line. I think it was yesterday. I was like, this guy looks unreal. Yeah, like, and what I mean, what I mean by unreal, I mean like he doesn't look real. Yeah. He's just a fascinating guy to watch play <laughs> basketball. Like his plays, his. His blocks, his three – I can't get enough of those uh, blocking those three-point shots and the way he goes about it. It's insane. <laughs> I think I put one of them up on my story, man, because it was – so did you, good. 
the defense is always going to be a sure thing just because of his reach mm-hmm. and his length yeah. and ability to cover ground. Uh, following, well, obviously, it's, still, it's still eye opening, man. It's crazy. Yeah, obviously, following a tough thing for him early. There's going to be parts of his game that he has to adjust to. His three point shot doesn't look great yet. Uh, so I think, you know, that's going to be what takes him to the next level. People keep talking about him being the best player in the league within five years. I think he's going to have to shoot the three to do that. But he's already a, one of the best defenders in the league on day one here. And uh, it's a great starting point for that team. I just wish they put more around him. There's really not a ton of talent around him out there. Not yet. yet so. no, be yeah. right. they, they're not going to sell out in his rookie year. Yeah, but you'd like to have yeah, a you know, gonna, good point gonna, guard. Yeah. There was a little talk of Chris Paul ending up there, which I thought would be cool and Instead, it's, you know, Trey Jones is a good player, but uh, nothing that's going to push them close to the playoffs. And, man, I bet the NBA was dreaming of him in the playoffs year one. It's probably not going to happen. Celtics actually play them on New Year's Eve in San Antonio yeah, right. this year. Little yeah, he doesn't come to Boston. New Year's Eve action. He doesn't come they to do Boston. do their college trip, and then we go to Texas. Yeah, he does. No, oh, he doesn't January, come while. Yeah, January 17th, a little Wednesday, Wednesday night game. Okay, I'll get you in. That'll get you in the doors on a Wednesday night. Oh yeah, selling tickets. But until then, Bobby's fired up for this Wednesday. I'm fired up for this Tuesday. A little trick or treating. You guys have a. Uh, you got a favorite? You got a favorite trick or treat candy? Ooh, trick or, or treat. Or candy. a least favorite? Favorite or least favorite? Like, what were you getting? Where you were just trash? Like, so it changed a lot for me over time. Right now, yeah, I want to hear Bobby's. Love and, should be good. Yeah. Well, my all-time favorite's Kit Kat. I've always loved Kit Kat. Okay. That's kind of nice chocolate layer on top of the wafer, and you can't good. go wrong. You can't with go Kit wrong Kat. with it. Twi- those are those are all over. I the thought you were gonna candy. say like Spreeze candy. or something, something like. Never <laughs> even heard of that. Um, <laughs> you heard of Spree, yeah. Chewy Spree, Hard Spree. The Chewy ones, no. <laughs> Not off the top Maybe of my head. Before his time. All right, now let's yeah, name it off. I've been eating a ton of Twix the last uh, couple of days here out of the bowl. The bowl's already set up, so you know you're just kind of picking away at it. Oh, and then um, Reese's. Reese's within the last couple of years come a long way for me. But when I was growing up, it was probably M and M's, Skittles, and um... you're a candy guy here, Josue. This guy has uh, just named every like big candy I think. On no, the these list. are the ones I don't like. Those are the ones you don't like anymore? Skittles and M&M's not as much anymore, no. Wow. Skittles make me – I think Skittles make me sick. I think maybe because I used to eat too much of them. Too and much. It's just a bunch it's of – I much. feel like Skittles was the one that I got the most out of the bag. You know? <laughs> a lot of Red 40. You know when you take all the candy out? Like that was the one that was, you always got like the most was, was Skittles. But my favorite, my personal favorite was always Snickers. I'm a Snickers guy. Snickers, Snickers. is like the like most Snickers. like satisfying one. You just get so much out of the bar. So that's a good I one. know. I'm surprised you didn't name it. I was waiting for us. He's gonna say. He's gonna say. He's gonna say. You didn't say. Snickers are like borderline, like a like an energy bar. Like if you're on a hike, you could just toss the Snickers in your bag, and that that might. Well, we thought me and Joe Sway were still trying to figure it out, but there was a Snickers just sitting on the Celtics bench in like the trainer area. We're like, what? The there you boy? go. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, a lot of trainers will say that. For real? <laughs> I think a lot of. Well, I don't know if I don't quote me on that, but I think a lot of like. People who do outdoorsy stuff, dietitians, maybe, maybe might say like, if you have to have a piece of candy, like Snickers might give you that little, little boost more than like really? some other, some other trash. Bobby, yeah, Bobby like, don't, don't do like, like, 
don't bring Starburst with you. Like if you're gonna pick one or the other, like Starburst with, like, good. Bobby, what you Starburst are good. Didn't you bro. guess like it was like a diabetic thing or something that someone needs sugar? <laughs> The two the two pack Starburst were a really popular Halloween candy. You get you know you get the the little one and there's two pieces in there that was popular. I'm with Bobby on the Reese's. Can't really go wrong there. Um, man, what the what about like just horrible candy? I think you know what sucks, Laffy Taffy. Yeah, you guys ever get Laffy Taffy? Like the mini yeah, Laffy Taffy. Some of the flavors aren't the, bad, but like you get the banana like, joint. That's the worst one. Yeah, that's trash. But they like they get like they get like stuck to the wrapper and then like. What is it? It's 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 like you're eating like flavored rubber. It almost feels like. <laughs> yeah. Amit just said banana is fire. All right, he might need to be uh, he might need to be suspended. That's, for that that's one of the worst. Candy. That's one of the worst yeah. candies you could ever Easy. get is banana laffy taffy. I like fuck. Yeah, you like messed up candy. Oh, Smarties, those are interesting. Not the best. Smarties, Smarties are. There's a weird. There's like a, a weird chalk, chalk taste to it. Chalky I taste. I forgot yeah. about them. Yeah. You I think I grew out of it as an adult. But you know what's <laughs> not bad? Um, nerds. I've always been a nerds guy. I like nerds. Yeah. I like nerds. Especially the dual pack with the grape and the uh, and the and the pink. You get the little fun size one. I think nerds got like kind of replaced by like sour patch kids because I don't know. Here's the controversial one: candy corn. I like candy corn. There's nothing contra- what there's nothing controversial about that. No, candy Jimmy, corn people, people trash. hate it. What you're trash? You think it's trash? What? Yeah, I'm not it's, crazy about it. It is, tr- I, dude. I, you know what? Candy corn is the only candy that's worse than the vegetable. <laughs> I will eat. Like, Give me I the corn. Eat, <laughs> I will eat canned corn. Give me a can of corn. I will eat that right out of the can before I eat candy corn. It's not my. I don't know favorite, how they screwed it but up. It's not trash. It's a little waxy. I will eat. A little waxy. I will just. I will go ham on like corn in the cob. And if Wait, you show so- me candy corn. So Jimmy, what's your favorite? My favorite, my favorite, hell, my candy favorite candy critical over here. You know what? It's probably Reese's or Airheads. I can just go Ooh. ham on. I, I could go Airheads, Airheads. go hard. Like, yeah. But I'll get sick. I like anything like yeah. that. If I have too much of them, I'm like I'm right. sick. <laughs> anything that's like anything that's like artificially like colored and yeah. like fake. Airheads where the movie go to. You, you get a bunch of those at the dollar store and then head into the movie. What else did I get? You know what's a super underrated candy? A hundred grand. That is an underrated one. If I get hundred grand in my in my candy bag, yeah. I'm you know not what candy that. I love, but you that. never get in Halloween? Gummy bears. What's up with that? Love gummy bears. Yeah, yeah you're right. They're not slinging those on Halloween. Not a Halloween candy. What's up with that? How about crunch? Not a Halloween candy. Crunch is underrated. Crunch bar? Crunch is like, nah. Crunch is like poor man's Hershey's, I feel like. Really? Yeah, I mean, if I like a, bunch. I like bunch of crunch, but I don't. Know, something about the crunch chocolate doesn't. You know, you know, the chocolate. You know like what worse. I feel? You know how I feel about that? Uh, uh, Butterfinger. I think it's an obnoxious candy. I don't like Butterfinger. Yeah. It's like it gets it stuck to your teeth. Too. Yeah, and it's just like, it's just a mess. Nothing. Definitely, mess. like if you have fillings, they're coming up. <laughs> like they're definitely coming up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fact. It's so true. I'm going Sour to, Patch Kids are good. Even as a cat. kid, I was like, this is torture. I don't want to eat this anymore. Yeah. What'd you say, Bobby? <laughs> I'm going Kit Kat. You're going Reese's. Just play what was yours. Yeah, Make that's your... not yeah, these these aren't hot takes. These are like the most popular candies they gotta be. But I'm whatever. Worried. Candy corn's trash. Necco wafers trash. Oh, Necco. If you're if you're from who are these people giving you got this Neckos. stuff out? You got Neckos all the time. Yeah, people who aren't from Rhino, maybe don't know what that those. is, but that's oh, trash. You're lucky. Some people just like. I think they phased them really out get, by the time Bobby was, you know, like ten. 
you really get a sense of somebody by like what type of candy they gave out. When I was a kid, we, we had an unbelievable neighborhood with kids everywhere. My parents would give out the big, like the, like the, the big, big version of candy. Oh man. Cause my uncle, own, my uncle owns a vending machine company. So we would go to his <laughs> spot, grab like everything and then bring it. It was like, it was the best haul you could imagine. Just take, but the, but everyone loved going to our all house. The supply, we, huh? That's cool. Yeah. We took it all. I mean, his family, you know, low key choices here, but I think we hit them off. But you know what though? If you give out like, if you're giving out like one mini candy, you gotta up. You gotta up. Oh that no! You gotta do it. You gotta do at least a handful. You you got you yeah. gotta like get yeah like it's for the kids, yeah. man. It's like the one one day a year where they can just go. Oh, let me ask you this. <laughs> Someone said dots send you straight to the dentist. Yeah, dots is the tough one too. <laughs> let me ask dots. You. Dots, you're eating paper. <laughs> you can't eat dots without eating paper. They get all stuck in your teeth too. Yeah. Who designed that? Like it's unbelievable. Let me ask. We just we're eating paper. Let me ask you guys so this: long. Are you guys are you guys big Halloween guys? Are you dressing up? Are you going yeah. out? I dressed up. I dressed up. Um, Who are you? I dressed up on Saturday. I was a skeleton. I did my own face paint. Let me see if I can pull this up. I did my own face paint, so give me a break. <laughs> Jimmy's going to go through like a bunch of them and find the best one. Joe Sway, are you? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I did, that. I did that in the mirror. Myself. That's not bad. Before I put the uh, the mouth on, I looked like uh, the zombie from that clip where he goes like, I like turtles. You kind of you know look like one? a. I like turtles. You look like one of the killers in that movie. What was it called? The, the others or something? You look That's like, not bad, right? You look like you're about you to ruin someone's color. day. Yeah, you're scary. You had a good time. You though. dress up. It's been a while, man. But I used to. <laughs> I like to get in this. I like to get in the spirit. Tomorrow in Charlestown, it's like. Actually, I shouldn't say this because I want. I don't want anyone to really know this, but it's the best place. For like, they they close off Monument Square. It's like a big square in the middle of town and like all the kids and like really adults can just, it's just like a kind of like a, it's a scene, you know, you can dress up, you know, obviously if you have kids, you take them trick or treating, but the parents are all kind of having a good time too. There's music and everything like that. So Charlestown's big on well, Halloween. You know where I live, so Jimmy. It's a fun time. Oh yeah. I, Salem. What, what about it? Salem really like You moved to Salem? I don't think I knew that. No, but I'm right. I'm like down the street. So. Oh, get, okay. Yeah. No, get, I know that. <laughs> I don't think I knew that. <laughs> So you just lie. You just lied to me. You don't. (laughs) No, but we get all the traffic. We get all the impact. It's a madhouse this week up here. See, I imagine on Saturday a couple days ago when it was like the nicest day of the year, I imagine you couldn't even get into it. Oh, yeah. It was traffic down the street. I was just trying to go to the gym and I got caught up in it. Oh, a little workout flex. Love that. You ever done the Salem thing? I've never never done it. Bobby, you should be uh, the Hulk. You should be the Hulk for Halloween, dude. You're getting, you're looking big. Shay, that's a good show. You know, every year I'm like, who should I be? Who should I? Be? And then all of a sudden I see all these ideas and I'm like, oh, why don't I think of that? But yeah, I'll there do the go. Hulk. Can you do the uh, face Done. paint? Absolutely. Come on over. I got, I got every color you can think of. You've seen my work. Come on over. You've seen my work. All right. All right. I think we've wasted enough people's time. But, that's a um, classic uh, blow out wind kind of show right there. Yeah, for real. Yeah, we needed to get that. In. Happy Halloween to Happy Halloween. everybody who celebrates. And then we have Day of the Dead later this week. Festive uh, holiday there too. So, um, again, Uh-oh. Celtics with a 126-107 win over the Wizards. We want to thank our sponsor, FanDuel. 
for being such a great sponsor and um, put this up real quick so everyone could read if it shows up and it's not so that's cool uh, but anyways you can someone's here it is. Happy in the chat Jimmy. it was there get up to 150 dollars in bonus bets at fanduel.com boston with any five dollar money line bet you got to win the bet okay so again go to our strategy do our strategy tell the tell the patriots opponents and um you guys might have luck there but again that's 150 dollars in mm -hmm. bonus bets at fanduel.com boston with any five dollar money line bet guys i'm a, i like can't get out of this screen something's going on and i can't get out of this screen here it is oh you're gone that's it for us again celtics 126 107 on the wizards we will see you guys on wednesday for bobby and joe sway and for John and Sherrod, who couldn't make it tonight, hopefully we'll see them Wednesday. We will see you guys then.